You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Chris O'Brien is off on special assignment, so we are joined once again by our old friend Jay Randall Murphy, and he's our guest co-host. And on After the Paracast this week, we'll also be joined by Randall and Greg Bishop. How about that? But right now, we've got Stanton Friedman back, and he was one of our earliest guests on the Paracast. Stan, how are you doing these days? Well, I'm getting older, and that's better than the alternative. <laughs> I don't know. Was it, what was the name of that character? That Which character? I in a movie a few years ago where the guy kept getting younger. Oh. Well, that was Brad Pitt in uh, what was the strange case of Benjamin Button or something like that? Strange yeah, case that of sounds, Benjamin Button. I think. Well, you know, at the end of the movie, they buttoned him up. And I think he should have been that way through the entire film. It wasn't <laughs> my favorite film. What do you guys think? I didn't see it. Well, you see, you've got it over everyone right now. So, Stanton, how many years ago did you and I first meet? Do you recall? No, I don't. I've met too many people. I know I read my first book on UFOs uh, 60 years ago. Gave my first lecture in 1967, which is, what, 51 years ago. So I've been around a long time. It sounds like the lyrics of a song, I've been around forever and I wrote the very first song. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, you posted a message in our forums, Paul Kimball, who was going to join us. And he's yeah. Stan's nephew. Unfortunately, Paul is backed up with his post-production on his film work. And you know, of course, oh, that has to come I'm first. i to hear that. Okay. I really hope that he would be here. Regardless of that, though, he was mentioning that one of the things that you and he have in common is baseball. How so? Well, when we have family reunions, we usually have a baseball game. Uh and, of course, I've been a Dodger fan since I was, I don't know, eight years old or something. No, it, actually, I was younger. When, when Mickey Owen dropped the pass ball in 1939 and the Dodgers lost the World Series. Uh, and, you know, when the Dodgers moved to Los Angeles, it was, it was two years later that I moved to Los Angeles. And I did take my kids to the games every so often. And I don't think Paul has ever been to Dodger Stadium, but that's all right. Well, I have it on you here. I was at Ebbets Field several times. Oh, good. My late brother Wally and I used to walk there. Wow. How about that? Yeah. I didn't walk there. Well, how far were you from it? From Dodger Stadium? No, from uh, Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. Oh, I grew up in New Jersey. I I didn't live in Brooklyn. Well, it would have been a long walk, Uh certainly. Uh, yes, 18 miles from New York City, so uh, Dodger Stadium, I mean, uh, Ebbets Field. I've been to Ebbets Field uh, growing up in Linden, New Jersey, and you're either a Dodger, Yankee, or Giant fan. I'll give you that one way or the other. You had a choice then. New York. You had a choice. Yeah, and I chose, sure. I chose Brooklyn. Well, when them bums left Brooklyn... I decided at that point that I would give up on baseball because I realized that sporting teams were not in it to play baseball, but they were there to make money. And if they felt that they could make more money in Los Angeles, they would go to Los Angeles. And I was pretty young, by the way. I'm not that old. 
And at some point in time, if somebody else gave them a better offer, they would take care of the better sure. offer. They wouldn't really care. That's the American way. <laughs> well, it was very interesting. Another baseball thing, which has nothing to do with anything. But I was taking my wife to a doctor today. And because we're right now in a motel between homes, too complicated to explain, we took our dog Teddy Bear with us, and he sat in the special seat in the back of the car. And somebody comes up, about my age, with a Red Sox hat. And as soon as he approached, Teddy Bear starts barking intensely. And it turns out this guy as I said about my age, grew up in Brooklyn. When the Dodgers left, he wanted to embrace a team. And he didn't want the Yankees or the Giants. So he went and embraced the Red Sox. And I guess that's what made Teddy Bear upset. He must be a psychic <laughs> dog or a psycho dog, depending on how you judge that. Uh, yeah. But points of view change. Well, you can certainly bet that. But... Let's just get to our crazy field here. I heard the okay. sad news. Maybe it's not sad news for you. I don't know. That you are retiring as a UFO investigator. Why? Well, not so much an, as an investigator. As a, a speaker, I've given over 700 lectures in all 50 states, uh, 10 provinces, and 19 other countries. So I've been traipsing around the world uh, and keep them busy that way. Uh, and I live in Fredericton, New Brunswick, which only has direct service to very few places like Toronto, Montreal, uh, Ottawa, Halifax, I guess. No, yeah, we do have one. Uh, otherwise, it's a lot of flying. I'm going off uh, next week, uh, two weeks, uh, four flights to get where I'm going in Eureka Springs, Arkansas for a conference. And I'll do Roswell, which isn't the easiest place to get to. But enough is enough. I mean, I'm 84 in July, I will be. Uh, and, you know, I've been schlepping, if you will, everywhere. And look, it's been great. It's been fun. Uh, but I'm getting tired of it. Aren't I entitled to a retirement sometime? Come on, I paid my Social Security. I'm collecting it, but... <laughs> You yeah, are giving just... us the R word, retirement. You know, William Shatner is 87. Wow. And, and he's a Canadian, by the way, just in case people Yes, I know. Him. Okay. He's apparently still at it. Wow. More power to him. In fact, he had a birthday just seven days ago, considering when we did this show, on March 22nd, 1931. William Shatner. Oh. He had a oh, UFO well. sighting himself, too, I believe, if you look into some of his history. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I wrote a story about it for Saga magazine going back oh, in the 1970s. <laughs> wow. But the thing is here is I am not 100% convinced he wasn't putting us on. Not that I know anything about Shatner, except he's, you know, kind of full of himself. So I have no idea whether this was... Uh, a real story. Supposedly, he went out into the desert, and he was riding a motorcycle. And that's when he saw this thing. And I'm trying to distantly remember it, because it wasn't a very significant sighting, except it was William Shatter. Yeah. 
But Look, speaking there are of- loads of sightings. Uh, I check my audiences at the end of my lecture. I don't have guts enough to do it at the beginning. And typically I find 10% of the people in the audience believe that they've seen a flying saucer. But then when I ask, how many of you reported what you saw, 90% of the hands go down. So people are interested. They believe in flying saucers, but they think other people think they're nuts. On the other hand, I've only had 11 hecklers, and I haven't had one in years, and over 700 lectures. So I must be doing something right. And I come on very strong. I am not an apologist ufologist. Well, I just looked this up, up folks. I just looked this up. Quoting William Shatner, in all those years, I've sort of gone with it. And then I finally said, no, I really made it up. And then I can't get rid of it. So. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Oh, what? For his UFO sighting? William Shatner says his 1969 UFO sighting in the desert was a fake. He must have had a conference with Gray Barker, I think, before. He did this, but Gray Barker's hoaxes didn't last the test of time. But William Shatner, he's Captain Kirk, you have to believe him. Okay, we've got Jay Randall Murphy as our guest co-host, and we have Stanton T. Friedman, who's going to give up the rat race and enjoy his retirement. More to come, you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Hello, my name is Marjorie Wildcraft. I'm the founder of The Grow Network, which is an online community of people who produce their own food and medicine. We are really into backyard self-reliance. If you want this lifestyle, I suggest your first step be to learn some basic home medicine. Just the other day, my 18-year-old son came to me and said, Mama, I got a sore throat. Can you fix me up? And I said, sure, Ryan, and in about 24 hours, he was better. The best home medicine for you to start out with is garlic. It's an amazing natural antibiotic, and I can show you how to use garlic to handle ear infections, sore throats, colds, and flus. As a way for you to get to know a little bit more about me and the Grow Network, I've written up an easy introduction on how to use garlic. It's at gcnwellness.com. Now, the station manager told me that I needed to say the URL at least twice, even though it feels kind of weird. But if you're interested in backyard self-reliance, you are one of us. Go to www.gcnwellness.com and let's connect up. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. 
If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Stan Friedman, J. Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg. This is going to be one of Stan's, I guess, last lecture tours coming up, but you're still going to be on radio and everything like that, right? Well, sure. I can do radio from my desk, uh, which is kind of neat. I don't need to wear anything fancy, and televisions are kind of a pain that way. Yeah, I, I'll be available for my voice only. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, maybe if I get my Skype to work once in a while, I'll do some Skype things. But hey, you know, I've been at it a long time. I enjoy it. I, I have enjoyed it. But enough is enough. And my wife would like to see me at home a bit more. And, you know, so it's time. What do you think are some of the, say, top three or four highlights you've had in your time as ufologist? Oh, boy. One was uh, appearing at the United Nations way back in the late 1970s. The General Assembly. Good, good audience. Good crowd. Uh, another was the attention I brought to the Roswell incident. I'm the original civilian investigator of the Roswell incident. They loved me in Roswell. I'll be there in one of my last appearances in uh, July. They have an annual festival. And for people who think nobody's interested in flying saucers, last year, the International UFO Museum and Research Center in Roswell, which has my picture on the wall, I've been elected to the Roswell UFO Hall of Fame. How do you like that? (laughs) That's Uh, fabulous. Last year, they had 205,000 visitors to Roswell, which is in the middle of nowhere. It's 200 miles from Albuquerque, 200 miles from El Paso, 200 miles from Amarillo. If you're there, it's because you want to be there. (laughs) Because it isn't on the way to anywhere. (laughs) 
and so I've been very pleased. That tells us that the United States government, a few people within the United States government, were well aware that we had alien visitors back in 1947. Well, we had uh, Richard Doty on the Paracast a couple of episodes ago, and I don't know if you caught this, but he... Okay, well, you're going to love this, because he said, you you know who he is, I'm sure. Yes. And he was saying that when he was briefed into the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, that he was shown films of the Roswell crash saucers. Actual films. You're kidding. No. You, yeah, you've got he to He said to that it. publicly. He actually said that on our show. Yeah, it was uh, quite a revelation. I mean, who knows what can be believed, but uh, I, that was definitely something I thought we should uh, get your commentary on. Well, yeah, I, I'm amazed that he would say that. Now, I, I always talk about the cosmic Watergate, and unlike many of the people in the field, I had a security clearance for 14 years. Um, while working on a variety of eventually canceled government-sponsored research and development programs for companies like GE, GM, Aerojet General, uh, Westinghouse, McDonnell Douglas, etc. You've mentioned that before, Stan. Basically, all of the projects you were involved in eventually were canceled? Yep. That's the way life goes. So now, when I became a full-time ufologist, I haven't had any cancellations. <laughs> well, you're canceling your lectures, but you're doing that. Well, I'm ending them. I'm not canceling them. I, any commitment I have made so far will be kept, of course. I just won't make any more commitments, that's all. Except for radio. So we might still be able to get you back on with Paul yeah. in the future. Which well, you would know, be I nice. grew up with radio. There was no television when I was growing up. Radio who? Radio. Radio. That's what this is, folks. 18 miles from New York City, there was lots of radio going on in New York City when I was growing up. I think maybe we should go right to a couple of the questions from our forum. We've had some interest in in, in sure, uh, why not? here. Sure. So uh, from one of our members, Ronaway, he first says, Stan, have a long, happy retirement, and asks, you. you and your nephew, Paul, on the surface seem to be miles apart in your opinions regarding UFOs. Do you share any common ground? If so, what is it? Well, we both have a serious interest in educating the public, and he made a movie of Stanton T. Friedman is Real. Uh, what the heck? So it's not, uh, you know, when we get together at family uh, gatherings, which happens uh, once a year or so, uh, I, we're on very good terms. I mean, I'm Uncle Stan, after all. I'm a lot older than Paul. <laughs> So, and Paul has his broad interests. Uh, he was basically a historian, and so there is a historical aspect of flying saucers. And I come at it as a technologist. You know, I worked on nuclear rockets and nuclear airplanes and fusion rockets and nuclear power plants for space and stuff like that, far out stuff. Uh, but, you know, one, one thing, a lot of people think research, oh yeah, that's when six professors and 12 grad students get together. Well, I was working on nuclear airplanes. Uh, between 56 and 59, 1956 and 1959. In 1958, our budget was $100 million, and we employed 3,400 people, of whom 1,100 were engineers and scientists. This was not uh, a few guys with nothing better to do, you know what I mean? And a lot of people aren't aware of those large-scale programs. Uh, nuclear rocket engines, we successfully operated 
a nuclear-powered rocket on the ground didn't take off. Power level, ours was uh, 1,100 megawatts. That's uh, over damps 2,000. Exhaust temperature is 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's pretty impressive. And yes, it is. When it, we, it's very. They canceled the program, of course. Yeah, I, I can sort of see why, with a, all the concern about radiation and so on. But I've seen some of the older, actually, videos they've got of that now, and it's uh, it's pretty cool to think that uh, one of the people in ufology has actually got what it takes to have worked on one of those programs. On a peripheral note on this, another thing that uh, Doty had said, and you might find this interesting because we've asked you in the past if maybe the Cash Landrum affair might have had something to do with uh, that exact program, the experimental nuclear rocket uh, propulsion. And what he said was that the Cash Landrum case was a situation of reverse engineering where they were trying to use some sort of a terrestrial power supply to power an alien craft, and it just went really wrong. Now, what well, might you have to say to that? Well, I look, it certainly was a strange vehicle that was seen, the Cash Landrum case. I have no qualms about the witnesses, and a good aerospace engineer, John Schuster, was heavily involved in the investigation there, uh, wrote a book, I guess. Uh, and so... Uh, I, I can't prove that wasn't true. Certainly, look, one of the big interests the government has in uh, flying saucers is trying to figure out how the darn things work. Make wonderful weapons delivery and defense systems, wouldn't you say? You know, up, down, back, forth, silent, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, you would hope that since they have the best systems for collecting data, the instruments to, to get electromagnetic signals from flying saucers, to track them, to watch the right-angle turns, see how colors change, and all, all kinds of stuff. All that belongs to the government. I don't have my own radar system. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen any flying saucers. I haven't traipsed behind them with instruments or anything like that. We've got more to come with Stan Friedman, J. Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect and may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help, so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Just to let you know that we have a second radio show called After the Paracast, and it can be a wrap-up show, it can be special interviews, it can be extended interviews. You never know what we're going to do, and quite often we don't either. This week we'll have Randall, and we'll be joined by Greg Bishop, and of course Stan will remember that he wrote a book called Project Beta. It involved Paul Benowitz. Yeah, I, I know Greg. Paul Cody Benowitz, Yeah, he wrote about Paul Benowitz and everything. We offer after the Paracast only if you, my friends, subscribe to the Paracast Plus. 
For more information, go to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. We offer that, plus a version of this show free of the network ads. All gone. Really, the people on YouTube who complain about our ads will love this. Prices start at just $1.49 a week, which is less than a cup of coffee at Circle Case. Stan, what's a cup of coffee cost up where you live? Depends where you buy it. You know, like a convenience store. Um, dollar and a half. Okay, so it's close to that cost of a cup of coffee at the convenience store in Stan's neighborhood. And that's in Canadian yep. dollars even, but we offer that in American dollars. Seriously speaking, it's four ninety nine a month. You can learn more if you go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Stan, before we go back to what you were talking about before the break, a thought occurred to me here. Mentioning these early tests with nuclear-powered craft and radiation issues. Cash Landrum case. They had symptoms which were, I guess, similar to radiation poisoning. Could that have been a test aircraft of some kind where it just really wasn't doing so well? I, I can't say it wasn't. Let's put it that way. It behaved strangely. The effects on them were clear and strange, uh, not conventional, obviously. Sort of a strange place to test, but it's not a heavily populated area, as you know. Sort of in the middle of nowhere. I don't know who the prime contract would have been, contractor. It's funny, I did work when I was working on nuclear airplanes. Uh, Convair Fort Worth, Texas, was a subcontractor. And I did radiation experiments, radiation drilling experiments out at the Convair Fort Worth test facility. You know, that's Texas. And as you may recall, Texas had very powerful friends in Congress uh, back then. So they tended to have an inside track on getting uh, research and development contracts. So Convair Fort Worth, I worked with them on when I was working on the nuclear airplane right in Texas. We never flew anything as far as I know, and I was on the inside, so to speak. But uh, that was way back in the late 50s, so uh, plenty of time since then. And Convair, it's uh, an aerospace contractor that had a nuclear test facility. So uh, who knows? Uh, I'd, I'd love to talk to Doty, <laughs> incidentally. Well, we Put might in have touch. Him, we might have him back on the show. So you know, who knows? Maybe okay. uh, Dean can get you both on the sh- same show together. Same. It's fine with me. Like we- I say, I'll be talking. I won't be traveling. <laughs> Well, that will give us more time to get you aboard. We'll see what Doty is doing. Do you have any feeling, though, since we go back to that? Now, I think one of our guests said that maybe 80% of his patter is kind of made up. Chris O'Brien says 70% is true, but doesn't really come to a conclusion as to which 30% is the lie. (laughs) On Doty, you mean? Yes. Well, look. When you play the security game, there are rules to follow, there are problems to avoid, and ain't no penalties for lying. What the hell? As long as, you know, you're not releasing classified information. But then, like, How can you punish somebody, you know, for breaking security if what they're saying isn't true? Then we're stuck in this situation where, well, if he's telling us that he saw films of crash saucers, He's no longer covering up anything. And at the same time, if he's talking about classified military technology, he's not really 
covering up that either. So, you know, what is he really covering up? It's, it becomes well, really I don't a know. situation. It, it depends whether he released classified information in the sense of a document, a piece of paper or stamped, uh, top secret restricted or something like that. You know, there's a very important memo, the Bolander memo. General Carol Bolander was an Air Force general. And after the Condon report, he was asked, what should we do about flying saucers? So he wrote a memo. And in it, he's pointed out, among other things, that reports of UFOs which could affect national security are made in accordance with JNAP, Joint Army Navy Air Force Publication 146, or Air Force Manual 55-11, and are not part of the Blue Book system. That's a shocking statement. And I located Bolander, fortunately his name isn't Smith, so there are a lot fewer Bolanders than Smith. And I said, it sounds to me like you're talking about two separate communication channels, reports which could affect national security and reports which couldn't. And he said, yes. And I don't know of anybody else who talked to him. I understand he's deceased now, so I don't know how to reach him. Maybe you have some strange guests who couldn't reach across the line. We do uh, have guests who claim to do that, but I don't think I believe them any more than you do. Oh, okay. <laughs> or maybe you do. I don't know. I never asked you about that. No, but what I'm saying is Bolander made it very, very clear. And, and that's one of the reasons uh, that I went so heavily into Operation Majestic 12. Because the question, obvious question was, okay, if they didn't go to Project Blue Book, where the hell did they go? You know, legitimate question. And I found that there are at least three genuine Majestic 12 documents and a whole bunch of phony ones. Even the phony ones are really interesting. I mean, somebody went to a lot of effort to get those in, in place and get them to you people and to make them look legitimate enough to pass the initial filters. So even the fake you, ones are interesting in, in a sense. Um, well, it's the attitudes of the noisy negativists that get to me. Philip Glass challenged me on one of them, the Cutler Twining memo. Right. Bobby Cutler was an uh, advisor to the president. And Phil challenged me because the typeface was wrong. He said they only used elite type, and that's done in the large pica type, and he'll pay me $100 each for every genuine document meeting a bunch of qualifications. And I had 60 days, uh, up to a maximum of 10. <laughs> so I went to my files, and I found immediately 20 pages of stuff that was done in the same size and style type. But uh, then I was visiting the Eisenhower Library anyway and got a bunch more. And so I made up uh, copies of, I made, I, I gathered 14, have a little bubble on the side, so to speak. And sent Phil an invoice, copies, and an invoice for $1,000, and he paid me. And then got madder than hell when I published a copy of his check in one of my books. But he had never been to the Eisenhower Library. That's typical of the intellectual bankruptcy of the pseudoscience of anti-ufology. Uh, you know, make a claim. You don't need to have any evidence. Uh, that was Phil Class. Well, Phil so, Class was uh, Phil Class. He was certainly a unique type. Now, getting back to Doty, because it dovetails here. He yep. said that the famous or infamous Eisenhower briefing document, it was kind of a composite of several documents. It was not in itself real. That was his opinion, Doty. Oh, that's interesting. Has he read my book? 
top secret. You know, I haven't gone through all those questions. I assume talking to him that he is certainly conversant with a lot of the UFO-related information. Let's put it that way. I'll be happy to send him a copy of Top Secret Magic, which says that uh, MJ-12 documents, three good ones, uh, definitely a real project. Most important classified documents ever leaked to the public. Then there's a whole bunch of crap. I can't hold the crack. Who cares? We care about what's going to come next. Have we got Stan Friedman, yeah. J. Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. 
What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I'm going to set aside the documents because we've kind of covered them over and over again over the years. Unless, let's ask you the more recent question. Have there been any new documents in the past decade or so? Not that I can think of. That is, ones that are breakthrough documents, definitely uh, genuine and telling stories about things we didn't know about. No, I wish I did. Maybe Dodie uh, knows where I can find some. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe he'll make some really good ones. What about some incarnation of MJ-12 today? I mean, if... This was taking place back then. Obviously, there were study groups that were studying UFOs back then, whether we call them MJ-12 or not. And I've looked at both sides of the argument, and there's, I, I certainly can't rule out that there certainly was some sort of MJ-12. What do, you, what do you think happened to them, and what's going on today? Did they pass off this project to new people who are still behind the scenes, do you think, today? Well, or what's going on? I certainly think that they change the name. Uh, when names get compromised, you change the names. That's standard practice in industry when you're doing classified work. I think that there still is a need for such a group because, again, the focus is on uh, are they learning to destroy our aircraft? Are they vulnerable to us? How can we get them to come down, in not in little pieces, but in, in, in total, uh, so to speak, so we can duplicate them? the saucers. Also, one of the underlying questions here is what the heck do they want? Are they long-term enemies of the planet? Or are they good guys working for the Galactic Federation Intelligence Agency? And they don't want to let anybody like us who has set off 2,000 nuclear weapons. And we certainly know that you can use nuclear technology for star travel. Fusion in particular, I worked on a study of that in 1962, would you believe? Fusion is what powers the stars, also H-bonds, too. 
but most people have no understanding of how much more energy is involved with a fusion device than with a chemical device. You know, uh, well, uh, to illustrate, in World War II, a big bomb was a 10-ton blockbuster, 10 tons of dynamite, a bomb. Wow, what a big hole in the ground it would make. Okay, our first atomic bomb released the energy of 15,000 tons of dynamite. That's a big jump. Our first H-bomb fusion device in 1962, uh, 52, sorry, released the energy of 10 million tons of dynamite. So in a short period of time, in other words, we go from 10 to 15,000 to 10 million, and then the Russians, about 1961, set off... Sarbamba, it was called, not my name, there's a big, very powerful bomb that released the energy of 50 million tons of dynamite. The point of mentioning all this is you get control of that much energy, you can use the fusion to get you to the stars. So I would understand that aliens would not want us to be able to bother them. Who would want us out there? I mean, what a track record we have. World War II, wow, we only killed 50 million people. We destroyed 1,700 cities. Would you want anybody like that to move out into the galactic neighborhood? I don't think so. Not until well, you get uh, your act together. Especially if you're using nuclear bombs for propulsion. I mean, we, I think there's a starship design based on that principle. And Well, that was Orion. <laughs> yeah, and I... I don't want to use uh, Orion. I don't want to use the bombs to explode them out the back end, but I want to use the fusion process, which is what powers, that's what H-bombs are all about. And that's what all the stars are about. Then you've got this secondary issue, though. I mean, okay, once we've got the fusion power in place, we're still not sure how they apply that energy to allow their motherships to just sort of hover magically in air with no apparent propulsion. Well, it, that's easy. I talk about this in my books. You have a magneto-aerodynamic propulsion system. You ionize the air, so it's electrically conducting, and you interact with electric and magnetic fields. It can control lift, drag, heating, sonic boom production. You can control radar profile. All these come out of that. As a matter of fact, <laughs> strange story. We canceled the nuclear rocket program after our great successes, and I was looking for a job. Did an interview at, I was working in Pittsburgh, did an interview in uh, Santa Monica, California with McDonnell Douglas Astronautics and got a job offer. And my job would have been to figure out how flying saucers worked, the atmospheric aspect of it. As I was driving across the country, the, <laughs> the program, the manned orbiting laboratory program, which would have funded this, was canceled. How'd you like to walk in for a job interview and say, you know, we just laid off 5,000 people. That's what I was told. Anyway, they kept me on for a while, for three months, and I did a literature search of government reports using the keyword magneto-aerodynamics. Only government reports. And would you believe I got 900 abstracts. 90% were classified. So there were a lot of work going on on magneto-aerodynamics. Yeah, that's like a variation of magneto-hydrodynamics, I think, which they've proven. Well, yeah. Submarine propulsion. So that's Yes, there was one. There were two built, as a matter of fact, Stuart Way of Westinghouse. They're published papers. I knew Stuart. Uh, Electromagnetic submarine. Same basic idea, because seawater 
is an electrically conducting fluid, as is ionized air. So you asked a question. I gave you an answer. Whether anybody's doing anything, I don't know. They ain't telling me, man. (laughs) Hey, I want to ask you a very quick question here. We had a guest just a few weeks ago who was looking into possible propulsion systems for UFOs. And he came up with something which is not warp drive, but certainly a fascinating system. Well, he was talking about something that's sort of analogous to what they call subspace or hyperspace, not identical to a wormhole, but uh, I'm not sure if, you've, if you're into the whole particle physics thing, but the theory is that our universe and another universe is separated by a space, a different kind of space they call the bulk, in which the gravitational constants are off enough that the math makes it work out to be that stars that are, say, the nearest star, Proxima Centauri, only works out to be something like 25 miles. And if you can get into this space, you can kind of traverse this distance and then come back out again in record time. Well, interesting science fiction. Is there any science to support it? Yeah, it's theoretical, of course. And and personally, my reaction is pretty much the same as yours. (laughs) So... But I, I'm an experimentalist myself, not theoretical. <laughs> when you're saying that there was uh, some people who had a project to actually figure out UFO propulsion, might want to mention that uh, you're probably aware of this. Bigelow was actually, Bigelow Aerospace, was hiring people to do exactly that at one point. And uh, there was a, an application form on the website. I don't know whatever became of that project. I was the first supported research on UFOs. For Bigelow? Long time. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Okay. Can you tell us some yeah, more Yeah, I had that? a call from him. Didn't know who he was. Any idea. And he said he was interested in the subject, and he had some money, and did I have any ideas for a research project, because he knew that the field needed uh, research funding. I said, oh, I got a bunch of them. Well, get back to me, and we'll see. And so in a couple of days, I sent him details. I gave a paragraph each on 10 different projects or so. And he said, well, too many, pick one. And I did. And he supported it. And uh, we went out to the Plains of San Augustine and checked on uh, Roswell related, uh, you know, uh, same, not directly Roswell so much as uh, Plains of San Augustine. But, and I found Bob uh, nice to work with him. Uh, everything he said he would do, he did when he said he would do it. And that's nice, frankly. How so deep did I you was, get in? Did, were you able to actually perform any experiments in the lab? Or no, oh, no, that's no, too bad. No, we were checking out what was going, what had gone on. This is in the early days. This goes back. And what I'm saying is, Bigelow's been around a long time. He spent a lot of money, and of course, his name came forward uh, in this big article in the New York Times, and you know the. the Plus about that secret work that was going on for, what, seven years? Right, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that a great title? <laughs> yeah. And Bob supposedly had a building which had all kinds of hardware in it. Uh, might be UFO-related. Let's do our uh, break here, guys, because I wanted to ask you a related question to Bob Bigelow. Stanton Friedman is okay. giving up the lecture game, but not UFO investigation. Jay Randall Murphy, our guest co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Stan, I want to ask you a quick question. The news about okay. this recent Pentagon UFO study that yeah. was, I guess, partly arranged by former Senator Harry Reid when he was Senate Majority yeah. Leader. $22 million, I guess all or most of it got into the hands of Bigelow in the early 2000s. Well, yeah, there were other people involved. I was very impressed with the list of people like Elizondo and those guys. Uh, these guys had uh, important titles. They, they were people who had high-level clearances and significant responsibility. They weren't dinks. I was impressed. Yeah, and like you were saying, these are the kind of people who were actually using military equipment to try to assess whether or not UFOs did have the kind of threat to national security that you mentioned earlier. Well, that should be their function. Somebody who thinks we shouldn't care about what people are doing out there uh, in the way of new technology is wrong. We live in a dangerous world. That's the way it is, folks, like it or not. And, you know, you are motivated. Our first spy satellite, the Corona spy satellite, this is after the U-2, we knew it was going to get shot down at some point in time. So we got to do something better. And uh, the Corona satellite, they had 12 failures in a row 
and they persisted. They spent the dough. This was classified stuff. And the 13th one worked and got more data on Soviet military installations because the satellite's going around and around and around and sending back lots of data. Got more data than all the U-2 flights had done before that. The program went on for a number of years and was never declassified while it was going on. Not until much later. So there was a program that was certainly done undercover with a good deal of money. I don't know how much, but it, you don't have 12 unsuccessful rocket launches at no cost. You know? And then uh, sending back data for years and having the data analyzed and all the rest of that. And, so, and the public didn't hear at all about it while the program was ongoing. Just as an illustration of keeping secrets, it's like the stealth program for Lockheed. Ten years, ten billion dollars, all in secret. Well, then, of course, you know, that's that's one of the favorite arguments of the skeptics. Well, you know, the government can't keep secrets. And then it, and you make a they perfectly val- you keep a perfectly valid point there that they can. And and we should also point out, well. What secret? How many people in the government have come out? I mean, you alluded back at the beginning that one of the books that got you involved was the report on unidentified flying objects, I believe. You mentioned this in the past. Fabulous book. Yeah, by Edward Ruppelt. Yeah, and what was he, right? He was a genuine Air Force officer who worked inside a secret program to investigate UFOs for the Air Force. If you don't call that leaking the secret, I'm not sure what you do. And it's not like he's the only one who's come forward. Again, this most recent one is another example. And uh, Kehoe, he had insiders as well. He wrote about that in his books. So it's not like they have kept a secret. There's been plenty of leaks over the years. But the media hasn't paid attention for the most part. (laughs) But that's changing. Have you noticed the change in the media? Yeah. Now now that's a good thing. Yes, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm not saying everything should be done in the open. Because you don't want to give your enemies potential means for new technology to destroy you. That makes no sense. If we're working on wreckage from a crash flying saucer and learn some things, uh, people have pointed out that uh, some of the new and better <coughs> superconducting materials were developed at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base right after Roswell. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about all that Corso stuff, but I got to admit that if we have any solution to the UFO propulsion problem, it's going to involve things like superconductors and superconducting electromagnetic storage systems powered by things like you say, like fusion power. That's the direction we need to go for sure. I'm not a booster of uh, Colonel Corso, incidentally, he claimed to be a member of the National Security Council. He never even attended a meeting, no less being a member. Well, you have people who are in Congress don't show up except they have to make a vote. And you have, I wonder about some of those cabinet secretaries who are overseas with their (laughs) wives using government money to pay for the transportation. So that's not unusual. I didn't say it was unusual. I'm just saying, I'm not a booster behind Corso. (laughs) But what about the so-called reverse-engineered stuff? Do you think if we captured a spaceship at Roswell, would you think at this point that we have possibly come up with some technology that at least is somewhat based on what the aliens did, or were they or are they too far advanced? Personally, I'd say they're too far advanced. 
we've learned a heck of a lot, but you got only have to look back to see how far there is to go in the sense that uh, changes new technology. My my basic mantra is that technological progress comes from doing things differently in an unpredictable way. The scientific community so often neglects that simple truth. I mean, you know, I used a slide rule when I started work in industry. Many people have never heard of a slide rule. They use a little pocket calculator. It costs five bucks, and uh, you can do all the calculations you could do with a slide rule. Yeah. What's a slide rule? <laughs> it's a device that makes calculations, but not nearly as good as a technological one, an electro- electronic one. So there's plenty to learn yet. And, you know, when we finally got around in recent years to understanding something, that man has been around a very long time. Well, it's true, Stan. I mean, when when you look at how far we've come. Oh, he's answering it. Okay, never mind. Yes. Uh, I was saying that we've come around to a whole new view of our place in the universe. Uh, Bishop Usher, I was thinking back, and, and how old mankind is, or people kind, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, the Bishop Usher in the 1650s or so figured out he was a sex fiend. He went through all the begatting in the Bible and came back with the fact that uh, man started uh, in 4004 BC. Uh, and now we have to say, oh, it was four billion four. <laughs> no, actually four and a half billion. But uh, you know, so. Our understanding has changed. Uh, Frank Drake in the 1960s said there might be as many as uh, 6,000 places in the galaxy that could be sending us signals. I I don't know why or anything like that. Uh, But now when we've got the, the, I'm trying to think of the name of the Kepler space satellite, which is looking for planets, looking at a very restricted part of the sky and going back and forth and catching the planet going in front of its star. Uh, Kepler has indicated that there are about 1.6 planets per star in the neighborhood. Within 100 light years of here, which is just down the street, even from New Brunswick, uh, there are 10,000 stars. That means about 16,000 planets. And I'm not saying they're all occupied. As some, there, of course, is colonization and migration. But our, our view of the galaxy alone, the Milky Way galaxy, is over 100 billion planets. Not 6,000. Uh, so it wouldn't be surprising if there are guys traipsing about and trying to make sure that idiot civilizations like ours, who have developed nuclear weapons, uh, don't bring them out to bother the neighborhood. Of course, then again, uh, you know, we are kind of out here in the boonies compared to you know, the, any civilizations that are closer together. So we're oh, yeah, probably, in, in practical terms, uh, of course, the skeptics, this is their favorite argument. Well, it would take them way, way too long to get here from nonsense. there. And, and, but there's a number of ways that we can look at that that nullifies that argument, not the least. Well, let me give you an example. How oh, long sure, do it takes at 1G? acceleration of gravity, where we are right now on the surface of the Earth, or that's where I am anyway. You guys may be up in the air. I don't know. But at 1G, I've asked audiences, including technical groups, how long does it take at 1G to get to the speed of light? 
More to come with Stan Friedman, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, June 1st through the 4th for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, and UFO sightings. More than 100 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howe, Eric Von Doniken, Corey Good, Doc Wallach, and more. Get tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. Tired of being censored by Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Patreon? Well, now you don't have to be. OneWay.com is the free speech and human-friendly social network built just for you. 
Stop feeding the beast. Every post you make on those evil, anti-human, anti-American perverted sites helps them destroy our families, our country, and our souls. Join One Way today and take back your liberty. Your free speech alternative is waiting for you at OneWay.com. OneWay.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Just to let you know, we were saddled with the Fleabag Motel with the absolute noisiest air conditioner on planet Earth. I would like to know, Stan, the designs used for climate control by E.T. <laughs> I'd like to know, too. Randall? Uh, it, where are you? Uh, yeah, I'm here. In, where? Like in, in Calgary. Okay, I am near Phoenix, Arizona now at a flea bag motel. And the reason oh. is that we they asked us to leave our apartment and... Therefore, we're looking for a new place, just to be blunt about it. Huh. I don't envy you. Although we're going to be uh, downsizing. Uh, we've lived here for 36 years, 33 years in this one house. Nice big house. The kids are gone. The grandson's gone, et cetera. So. What does Mrs. Friedman think about your UFO craze? It puts food on the table. <laughs> She's only gone with me on uh, two trips, I guess, Hawaii and Las Vegas. (laughs) No, and Washington, D.C., three, I'm sorry. And I've given over 700 lectures. So she's not particularly interested. She comes from a big family. She's got, uh, she had four sisters and four brothers, and they all have kids, you know, nieces, nephews. Her parents were alive, all the rest of that, so. She rarely got involved at all in my ufological activities. What about your kids? Well, I've lost two sons, uh, both deceased, and they were both interested. One was very pleased. He worked at El Camino College in Southern California and uh, warned me that we don't get big crowds at lectures, Dad. I'm sorry. They had to open up. They had a big auditorium. They had to open up the balcony, and so... At 1,200 people, and he was delighted because uh, he didn't have to make apologies, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that must have been one of the other highlights in your career, I would say. Yeah. Well, and my other son, he attended several lectures and uh, sold books for me. So uh, they were proud, and I was pleased about that. My daughter is a journalist. She's younger than they were, and she is... Uh, Interested, she'll be coming to my lecture in Halifax, where Paul Kimball will be present, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, that that brings up a, another question from our forum people, from Ethel, who says, Mr. Friedman, I've long admired your work and wish you a very happy, richly deserved, and extended retirement from this crazy field of research, and asks, who, if anybody, do you see as an heir apparent? Do you think your daughter might be interested no. in taking this up? No, no. She's she's a journalist, and she works for CBC Radio and Halifax and stuff. There are some good people in the field. One of them is John Greenwald. Greenwald, yeah, for sure. Black Vault, right? He's got the Black Vault, yes. And uh, I've known John since he was, I think, 16, something like that. 
And he got so many documents from the government, you know, under freedom of information and stuff, and very objective and careful researcher. So I hereby dumb him Stan Friedman II. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure he'd be very uh, impressed to hear that. So He's a good man and, and an honest man and a competent man and a hard-working guy. And so with the energy of youth, there are plenty of good people in the field. We go ups and downs in ufological research. And I hear some good talks at lectures. And look, uh, my uh, colleague Kathleen Marden has written three books with me, and uh, she's working on two more. And I just am reading uh, one big, long chapter she's read and written, and I'm very impressed with the quality of the work. The experiencer, they, they've done a survey, uh, hundreds of experiencers, UFO experiencers, and put together a lot of data, and, and with control people, you know, people who weren't experiencers, and see how different the answers are and so forth. And so uh, she's still going strong. She's Betty Hill's niece. That's interesting. Uh, that leads us to another question by one of our forum people called TDSR. And he asks, do you see a reorganizing of resources which would be more efficient and productive moving forward in the aim of pinning down fact from fiction? And in this regard, do you think that experiencers are more the key now than empirical data? In other words, we've typically taken the approach of, well, let's see if, if these things are nuts and bolts, let's figure out what they're made of, how they work, how big they are, measure them, weigh them. And we've let the human experiencer side of this kind of, we've left it off to the side a bit because we're either nervous about it or we think it holds too much subjective information. Well, that's why Kathy's work as an organization, Free, it's called, and uh, they've done some great work at looking at what the experiencers can tell us. That's quite fascinating how they look at aliens and their own experiences. And uh, there are plenty of people who have had experiences. And if we lift the laughter curtain, we'll be hearing a lot more about them. I'm curious about you because as a scientist, you, you're a very data person. You said this yes. numerous times in your... And so this is very sort of uncharacteristic of you to, to take on this point of view. What is it that's piqued your interest or made you take it so much more seriously these days? Well, I've always taken it seriously. but I mean, the experiencer that, side of things, specifically. Well, because we've got more data from experiencers. They were normally very loath to talk about their experience, but Kathy and others have gotten them to come forth. And so we're, we've got a body of data that we didn't have before about uh, what happens with the aliens, and something to work on. We didn't have that before. How do you find the darn people? Nobody wants to come forward and say, oh, yeah, I was on board a saucer, big deal. You'd get laughed out of town. Yeah, we had people Look, like Hopkins. Stephen he, Hawking, he, I mean? No, um, Hopkins. Bud Hopkins. Oh, Bud Hopkins, yes. Yeah. yes I knew Bud. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, Bud was an artist. A good one. I don't mean that. I'm, uh, that's not knocking. We did a lot of good research. That, that's different from uh, from Stephen Hawking, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, completely different. And but, different but you... also, Bud was instrumental in getting people to come forward, because he talked to a lot of abductees, and uh, he learned how to use hypnosis and so forth. And uh, so uh, he started the experiencer movement, if you will, 
so that people would have somebody to talk to, so their information wouldn't be lost. Because we're, we're talking about personal experiences here. In other words, we don't have government uh, employees going on board the, the trips <laughs> and talking to the uh, abductor and the abductee and, and coming to terms with that. That's but a whole other now, question. Yeah, we. I mean, we can get to the whole uh, <laughs> government sending people to other planets, I guess, in, a, in another question. But th- then we've also got uh, people like John Mack, who... Are, I think he was instrumental in bringing some sort of respectability to this question. Yes, he was. I mean, with his Harvard background and all that sort of stuff, yes. And John uh, had guts. We spoke at some of the same conferences, as a matter of fact. Good man. I'm lucky. I'm still here. He's not. So in another question, uh, TDSR asks, what do you see as the most practical next steps? In I, I got to stop that question over time. Let's pick it up on the next segment. Got okay. more to come with Stan, Gene, Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hey, this is Ricky from Banyan Hill. You like freedom? I do. You like money? I do too. If you like freedom and money, then you're going to love freedom checks. You see, over the next few months, an estimated $34.6 billion is up for grabs to anyone who stakes their claim. Yep, you heard that right. $34.6 billion. To get all the details, just go to www.americanfreedomchecks.com. Thousands of people are already lined up to cash in. Take Doug, for example. He's a 46-year-old from Joplin, Missouri, who's set to get a check for $24,075. And if Doug can do this, I've got a hunch that you can, too. But here's the thing. If you want the chance to grab your full fair share of this $34.6 billion payout, you must have your ducks in a row by May 1st. So don't wait. Get over to www.americanfreedomchecks.com before May 1st. That's www.americanfreedomchecks.com. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST33 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443.
With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, text BEST33 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-33 to 443-443. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. We never mention this the way we should, but whenever a guest is booked on the Paracast, if we have the time, we don't always, we post a thread in our forums at forum.paracast.com where you can ask a question of the guest. And that's what Randall's been calling through here. So one more question, please. Yeah, uh, we have TDSR here who asks, what do you see as the most practical next steps in transitioning from the pioneering work and research from the perspective of record keeping and collecting citing reports to the next generation of researchers? Well, I think one step would be to try to make sure that we get access to more and a higher percentage of the cases that have gone on that are good cases, the experiencer uh, end of things. What do the aliens want? Uh, what are they doing? Uh, what can we say about what we've learned from crash saucers? Not just Roswell. There have been several uh, crashes. These are pragmatic sort of problems, and they have, they're fraught with difficulty in terms of security. Should Americans want to put out on the table what we have learned in secret and so that the Russians and Chinese can get it at no cost? Probably not. On the other hand, we have to stand up and realize that there are living, intelligent beings all over the place. We're not the only ones, nor the most advanced ones. And hopefully some of them have learned how to live at peace with each other. I mean, what's our military budget this year on planet Earth? A trillion dollars is the last I heard. There are better ways to spend our money than that. You know, feed the starving. There's still people dying of starvation on the planet. Develop cures for other diseases, uh, all, all kinds of good things. So it's a question of growing up and putting what we can learn to good use for the benefit of mankind. You know, each side start storing uh, nuclear weapons so they can, if necessary, use them against the other is a hell of a waste of resources as far as I'm concerned. And also, I think uh, we have taken pot shots at alien vehicles. 
we have made a very unfriendly situation. I think we need to open up about that. And, uh, you know, you want guys want to fly around here and do your thing? Fine. Just don't bother us. Uh, there, there's some pragmatic things because we can't control when one comes down and there happens to be somebody there. We'd like to know about it. Uh, you know, we need a movement. We also have to seriously consider what does it mean for religion? There are some people who think uh, God's only handiwork is man on this planet, and that's it. Ain't nobody out there anywhere else. Well, I think that's malarkey myself. But why, I think that that needs to be talked about. Why do you think that they don't openly reveal themselves then? Because I, I mean, that would be why should solve, they? If they have an interest in uh, wanting to keep us, say, in our place or whatever it is. I mean, you would think that they would want to make it certain that we know that they're here, and then you, you don't have to worry about these issues where maybe one nation has some secrets or another. Everybody knows they're there, and they can make whatever agenda they want us to know perfectly clear without all the sort of cloak and dagger and theatrics that seems to go on with them. Maybe there are rules in the Galactic Federation that prevent them from interfering in a loud way. Except to keep us from going out there with our brand of friendship, which is hostility. The galaxy certainly has a, a, a concern there. Her things are going to come out and be predators? Who needs that? You know, uh, we're not nice guys. Mm -hmm. You would think that they would, would, then they'd want to make it known in no uncertain terms, like in a day the earth stood still show of... They know we know they're here. Yes. And you've been tracked on radar, et cetera. Of course. So the military must know. Okay, so I think you yes. and I and most people who are educated in ufology, we no longer doubt that aliens have visited the planet. And that the military and factions within the military, perhaps they're stovepiped to a certain degree, but you've got a number of groups. They can't help but know a whole lot more than we do about them. Uh, would you say that they that's They got the equipment. Clear? We don't have it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you were actually, before one of the breaks, you were going on and you were going to explain about how they could get here from there. And we're talking about how long it would get to the speed of light, I think, just as an example to say. Oh, well, yes, hey, at 1G. Yeah. I've had people guess, and many of them guess a thousand years. It's a hundred, a thousand, a hundred, ten, or one. The right answer is one. Yeah. Believe yeah. it or not. Yeah, that that makes... shocks people. I think it would um, shock most people who didn't sort of understand how that would work. Yet. They also want they want half an Einstein. Remember, Einstein also said, as you get close to the speed of light, time slows down for things moving that fast. How much depends on how close you get. But the big uh, accelerator in Europe, uh, we got particles going 99.9999% of the speed of light. So that's a realm we have some dealings with. So... Uh, in other words, you want to go 37 light years. Does that mean the minimum time uh, to get there is 37 years? That you got to go the speed of light, et cetera? No, it doesn't mean that. I'm talking about pilot time is what matters. So you go out, come back, marry your granddaughter's best friend? What the hell? Yeah, and then, of course, that assumes, you know, that, that they don't have lifespans that are longer than ours. I mean, for all we know, they are immortal, and they can just drift around space at half-light speed. And 
to their heart's content. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why they could be coming here. Say, even in the within 20 light years, there's dozens of planets at half light speed. That means even in our lifetime, we could build a ship to get there. So, well, let's go. Let's go uh, close to the speed of light and take advantage of time slowing down. Of course. Now, if I said that a hundred years ago, somebody'd say you're crazy. What are you talking about? Well, and that's the way life is. We have to take that into account at the big accelerator. As a matter of fact, there's a real world, and there's the way we wish it was. I guess. Let me ask you something here. We're assuming that ET, having become advanced enough to have perfected some form of star travel is necessarily morally superior to Earthlings. But why assume no, that? I'm they could just be that. as crazy as we are, as warlike as that. we are, and maybe they think we're too primitive to bother with. If we were farther advanced, they may decide to do something here, too, that's not very friendly. Well, I think they, they've paid a lot of attention to our nuclear facilities. Uh you know, Bob Salas has written a book. He was uh, down at the, at the bottom of the ICBM uh, place where we had rockets with nuclear-tipped missiles. I mean, nuclear-tipped rockets. And uh, they've been paying attention to these. So I'm not. A, if they were really bad guys, they wouldn't be here. They've had plenty of chance to clobber us. So I have to presume that they're at least halfway decent. And they don't shoot first and ask questions later the way we do. They wait until they're shot at. There are plenty of examples of that. So, uh, you know, occasionally uh, one of them wings one of us because we're being nasty. The Cuban case, where the Cuban Aerospace Defense Command, whatever you want to call it, uh, picks up uh, a UFO coming in, and they scramble a couple of jets, a couple of MiGs, and... uh, what should we do? They tell them, just get the heck out of our airspace, and they ignore them, shoot them down. So the first plane uh, gets a radar lock on, reports that back, and missiles armed. And then the second plane screeches that the first plane just disintegrated. Uh, so apparently waited until, uh, okay, you guys want to be nasty? We'll, we'll take care of it. Uh you know, that tells you something about them, and it tells you something about us. Uh, we shoot first, ask questions later. And they have said, in effect, don't you go shooting at us, buddy. Uh, we got a job to do. Leave us alone. We have a job to do, too. It's called taking a break. And then we'll be back with Stanton Friedman, who's giving up the lecture tour thing. Oh. After the latest campaigns... With J. Randall Murphy and Gene Steinberg, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA Pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillett.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years in serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
So what you're saying here is, if we shoot at UFOs, they may shoot at us. But wouldn't that really cause the risk of some kind of interstellar war here? We're trying to fight them, maybe not too well. Well, we can't get out there yet. Yeah, but we're here. If we're doing it here, that wouldn't stop them from fighting back and maybe bringing a few down. Well, they that do. Would cause... The Cuban case, they, they zapped the airplane that was uh, getting ready to send a missile their way. Yeah, they, they will respond. Well, we, we uh, know back in the, uh, what was it? you might know this more than, my memory is maybe not as good as yours for all these details, but didn't they have an order to shoot at one point with the U.S. Air Force back in the late 40s, yes. 50s? And then after if they that, don't, the instruction was very clear. If they don't land when instructed to do so, shoot them down. Yeah, and then there was a bunch of our planes that were shot down afterwards, mysterious crashes, let's call them, after that. And uh, some people have attributed that to retaliation on part of uh, on the part of the could, aliens. Could very well be. Frank Fashino's book about the Flatwoods Monster case goes into that. We dug out over 200 reports of crashed airplanes, some of the pilots of whom had had over 100 missions. They weren't dinks, in other words. They were experienced pilots. They come back to the United States. They were in war. They come back to the United States, and they crash, have fatal crashes. What's that seems disproportionate, that's for sure. What about with Mantell now? Do you think he was after a Skyhook balloon? or No. You figured that was a real... pilot. Yeah, that was the real thing, you figure. Yeah. Interesting. Government isn't going to say so. Oh, yeah, he died chasing a flying saucer. Oh, well, they can't say that. You can't admit that, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that was one of uh, ours that got shot down because uh, he was attacking a saucer. You just blow it all. You've got to really cover that sort of thing up. Right, but you know, the Mantel case is disputable, and some feel it was a conventional aircraft accident. I don't think it was, but okay, I'm not going to go into it today because I didn't do all my homework on Mantel. Well, too good a pilot actually is probably one of the best arguments in favor of uh, the UFO explanation that I've heard because uh, I think we need to give them more credit perhaps than other people do. Um, We've got a question here from Angela who asks, why do so many people in the UFO community have so much trouble getting along? And can this be one of the main reasons, in your opinion, why we've seen such little advancement in what's been discovered about UFOs? Well, remember, it still isn't uh, much of a science. There have been well over a dozen PhD theses done about UFOs, but uh, including one that had some damning things to say about press coverage of the subject, incidentally. Yeah, look, it's a field that's, that's waiting for something really concrete. You know, show up with an alien in the trunk of your car and, and parade him in front of an audience. Now we got some, you know. Uh, what can I say? There are national security concerns. The government isn't talking. The religious people are very much concerned uh, and who come on very strong. Ain't no aliens, just uh, earthlings. We're the only ones around. And Jesus died to save them, too. Uh, what can I say? We on the planet haven't developed good methods for solving our problems. That might dovetail into a question that Burnt State asks. How would you describe the evolution of your thinking about the UFO phenomena over the years? Are your current views and recent writings in sync with your original theories? 
And if not, how has it evolved? Well, certainly the new data about uh, how many planets there are and how many abductions there have been gives us a new insight as to what's going on and the feasibility. In other words, it doesn't seem so strange if you say, geez, there's uh, 1.6 planets per star, and some of these stars are much less than a light year from other stars, and they've had 13 billion years to develop all this kind of stuff. Give them only 4 billion years. That's still plenty of time. So that, that changes the view as it being a bunch of little incidents. There's a major effect going on here. And obviously the Galactic Federation seems to care enough to send guys here to keep tabs on what's going on, monitor, if you will. So my thinking has changed in that regard. Also, my having worked on nuclear rocket engines, I think the best day of my life in industry is when we tested the NRX A6 nuclear rocket reactor propulsion system. And we had no idea how long it would last before it blew itself apart because <laughs> it was operating at 4,000 degrees, less than eight feet in diameter, power level of 1,000 megawatts. And we listened, uh, they broadcast in, internally at Westinghouse, uh, and five minutes nominal temperature and pressure and 10 minutes. And wow, that's looking good. 20 minutes, 30, it went to full 60 minutes. The limit was how much liquid hydrogen you could store. So that was one of my best moments in, in history, if you will, in my history anyway. Uh, and also, because <laughs> there was a side story to that, a backstory, if you will. Uh, about a week before the test, I was asked, Stan, we're not so sure about the heating rates in the control system around this reactor. Uh, can you get some measurements from, with our low-level system and come up with some data? So I worked my butt off for a week and came up with the numbers and said, yes, it's going to work. It won't melt. But when we started the test, I suddenly realized, if that thing fails, they're going to blame me. <laughs> so it was a great day when we went to full time and uh, it, it worked and at the rated power and temperature and stuff. I mean, people don't realize 4,000 degrees is pretty darn hot. Very uh, and the you know, power output that you're talking about is amazing. Like, what did you say? Half the power of the Hoover Dam? A thousand megawatts, yeah, but in something less than eight feet in diameter. Exactly. Like, how many locomotive engines would that be like? Oh, a, a big lot. <laughs> I don't know, you know, jet motors or something. Like yes, yes. 100 747s or something. No, less than that. Probably like 20. Well, that's I, still I a lot. It, it's an awful lot of power in a small space. Well, that's because of the temperature, 4,000 megawatts, 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And Los Alamos is operated at 4,000 megawatts. Now, with something uh, like that, I guess it would work in space, right? It, didn't, it wouldn't require air or how no, exactly? No, no. You've got a big tank, uh, big tank of liquid hydrogen, and you pump, you got pumps, and you pump them through the reactor, and they come out. And they start off with cold, very, very cold, close to below absolute zero, close to. And uh, you pump it into the reactor, and the reactor got graphite and other nice high-temperature materials, and it goes out the nozzle at 4,000 degrees. It's and a very impressive a device. Plenty of hydrogen out there in the universe, uh, I suppose. Well, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, there's loads of hydrogen, the most abundant element. So wherever you go, you're going to find some. Now, do, you, do you think an engine like that could actually power an interstellar craft, or, or would we need something yes. even 
more power. Well, that that was a fission system, so it didn't have the same power density as fusion would. So A-bombs versus (laughs) H-bombs. Right. We're still dealing with some kind of rocket or or, uh, force, counterforce way of of propelling something. That's right. But look, even our conventional means of doing things shock people. And one of them that I shock people with is to point out we have nuclear-powered aircraft carriers. Big deal. Yeah, the big deal is they can operate for 18 years without refueling. Yeah, those things are amazing. I mean, you're a ship captain. Where do I stop for gas? Where are the tankers? Well, you don't need me for 18 years. What do you want? (laughs) Now, when you're looking at advanced propulsion systems, possibly used by a craft engineered for interstellar travel, and if ET is maybe hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us, would we even be able to recognize their technology as technology? It might depends be beyond what, magic what to us. It depends what temperatures uh, we're talking about. Uh, look, advanced technology is by definition magic. Somebody once said that, not me, but uh, in my book is Top Secret Magic, M-A-J-I-C, one of them. Uh, I should give out my website, www.stantonfriedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N.com. And it lists all the books, and I autograph everything I send out. And the books, the three books that Kathy Martin and I have written, we have little book plates, and we both autograph them. I like to do that with my son and myself. We've written science fiction books, but he lives in Spain, and I live here. And it's kind of difficult for us to get together to sign books. But we'll try to do it, because a lot of things are done on demand. You know how that works. Then again, when Grayson makes one of his rare trips to America... I do encourage him to sign a bunch of books with me. We've got more to come. Stanton Friedman, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. 
Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we continue with this fascinating journey through all the years of investigation of UFOs. Now, the perception has been, Stan, that most of the best sightings occurred years ago, that the more recent sightings haven't been so interesting, significant, provocative. Are we wrong? Well, to some extent, yes. Uh, look, the question is finding out about the cases. It isn't a question of when or whether they happened or not. Uh, the military has learned much better how to keep a lid on things, and they're the guys with the equipment, the monitoring systems. You and I don't have devices to go after flying saucers and get their electromagnetic signatures and things like that. Uh, you know, I stand in my yard and try to find one in the sky. I've never seen one. But pilots and sophisticated airplanes have the equipment. Look, whether you're chasing a Russian MiG or a flying saucer, the same problems. You want to know what are their capabilities? How quickly do they change direction? What kind? What is their electromagnetic signature so I can pick it up from the ground and know that it's one of them, those aliens, instead of one of us earthling things? There's all kinds of technology that you and I don't have access to. Be nice, maybe. Yes, those pesky ETs. we got to find out what they're up to. Now, let me ask you this, then. Do you think that our government, and this kind of follows Rick Doty again, our government or any Earth government has had direct contact and interaction with extraterrestrials. There are a number of stories kicking around. Maybe Eisenhower meeting with them. Uh, and all I can say is I don't know. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me. But I think clearly they're not about to land on, on the White House lawn and say, okay, guys, here's the story. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. Here's what we're going to do if you don't do what we want you to, et cetera. Like, I, I don't know of any situations like that. And so the nations of this planet have to decide what kind of a world will it be when we start saying I'm an earthling rather than I'm an American, Canadian, Brit, uh, German, Spanish, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think the last I heard there were 192 countries on the planet, and we're nationalists at heart. So how do we get beyond that? I don't know. Yeah, the United Nations is a wonderful idea. And uh, I was one of the dreamer types, too. You know, the John Lennon, imagine 
You know, there's no countries. We all live in one big, wonderful, unified world. And then when they actually tried to get that together, it became a great big conspiracy where they were saying that we're trying to deny everybody their cultural heritage. So I'm not really sure that we'll ever get past that. You know, well, when people know. hear that song, Imagine, they forget a couple of lyrics that John Lennon put in there. Imagine there's no heaven. And another phrase, and no religion too. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I well, can argue with that. But. <laughs> the Pope has said some nice things about UFOs, and you get the feeling, where did he get his data? Who's telling him stuff? <laughs> no, there are some serious overall problems. Where do we go as a society? And the aliens obviously aren't sitting down uh, in front of Congress and saying, okay, guys, here's, here's the way it's going to be. They obviously have a no hands off, a no hands on uh, uh, attitude toward us. They'll do their thing. And they may want to make sure that there are things that we don't do. But in terms of uh, clobbering us to get their way, that doesn't seem to be their, their methodology. Well, Stan, you, you said you actually did appear before the United Nations. Can you give us sort of the gist of your, your, uh, what you said there? Well, I went through the fact that there are large-scale scientific studies that show that, pick uh, on Blue Book Special Report 14, the better the quality of the sighting, the more likely to be unexplainable, that a cross-comparison between unknowns and knowns showed the probability of the unknown to just misknowns is less than 1%. So I went to the evidence, uh, and that, that was my, my paper, and... Uh, the same in the congressional hearings of 1968. Twelve scientists provided testimony. I was the only one without a Ph.D., incidentally. I'm proud of that. <laughs> I had a master's. That's not good enough, you know. But those papers are well worth reading. Uh, the work of Dr. James E. MacDonald, I referred to him, and stressed the, the, the real world of how things are and secrets being kept and so forth. And so I was pleased with the response. And, you know, I've, I've had my downer times. I, uh, <laughs> I gave a lecture in Hawaii, and it was one that my wife went to. We were living in California, and uh, the schedule worked out. I'd have five days or six days, something like that. And so she went along and, and show up for the lecture, and I told them I'd be available for anything you want in the way of radio, television, et cetera. Leeward Community College. No, no, just show up. It was an afternoon talk. And this big auditorium hold 900 people, and we had 26 people, I think, in the audience. That's kind of a slap in the face, isn't it? But they hadn't done any PR except for a little squib in a paper that had hundreds of them, you know, two inch, two column inches wide and a half inch high. <laughs> you can't sell the sizzle that way. <laughs> uh, so that was a, a sad moment for me. But uh, what the heck? We had a trip to Hawaii. And... Uh, uh, I've had, you know, Saudi Arabia was interesting. Would you believe they had a conference with a lot of things going on? But uh, there, there was one panel one afternoon with, I think, five of us. Michio Kaku was one of the people, uh, incidentally. And uh, before I left, uh, people were saying, Stan, you're going to Saudi Arabia. You've forgotten you're Jewish. What kind? I said, well, I, I contacted my person in charge. And uh, is there a problem? I don't want to get there and wait at the door while you tell me, oh, you can't come in. You're Jewish. Uh, 
And they said, no, we've had other Jewish speakers at these in past years, no problem. So that was interesting. I went to Turkey, and we had over 2,000 people at a symposium, would you believe? And no, I don't speak Turkish. They translated it. <laughs> it was a great experience. Uh, I enjoyed Hong Kong and South Korea. So you've been all over the world with this. It's pretty interesting. 19 countries. The, the Not- most recent one was Bulgaria. Uh, had a nice talk response in Poland, in Warsaw. Uh, and in Bulgaria, it was the uh, Bulgarian Academy of Sciences that sponsored me, believe it or not. <laughs> Do you find people overseas are more receptive or less receptive to, well, to you? Well, I can't tell. It's, the, the only ones I see are the ones who show up for the lectures. Well, I don't know about the ones who didn't come, you know. But uh, I'd say the world is quite ready to accept the notion that we're not alone. And I think part of that is a, a realistic kind of thing. We've been fighting wars around this planet and making it tough to raise kids and all the rest of that. Isn't it time we took a larger viewpoint? You know, be kind to your uh, your neighbors sort of thing. I, I get a feeling of that. Uh, and so I, I've never had a problem with, uh, you know, speaking in uh, Israel and uh, Finland. Argentina, uh, you know, uh, everywhere I go, there's interest, there's excitement, there's friendliness. Uh, so I, I'm not leaving the field I'm because of disgust. I'm just old, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're sounding pretty good uh, today, and we're really glad to have you here. Uh, I guess we we have to, uh, though, we do our duty in and ask one of the skeptical questions here. We have a uh, sure. question from Minnie McNinney, who quotes you as saying, there's not a shadow of a doubt that aliens have come to Earth. And so she wants to yeah. know, what makes you so sure, and you know, which ETs, and how many dates and meetings have you been able to verify? And why aren't these ETs revealing themselves? And so... Yeah, there's, there's well, I still... can't answer that question. I don't speak for the ETs. You may have noticed that. I've never claimed that uh, I'm the representative of the aliens. Not at all. Let's break, <laughs> guys. Let's break. We'll get to the second part of that question. How do we verify the presence of ETs? In okay. fact, I wonder how I verify my presence, people wonder. Stanton Friedman, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. See why our homegrown small business at sunny-bay.com has tried to help people just like you. Get your Sunny Bay heating pads at sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Or call 253-678-1361. For hot and cold therapy, sunny-bay.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health-sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Randall is, of course, flipping out there. He does that every three weeks. By the way, speaking of flipping out, on After the Paracast this week, we'll have Greg Bishop. He's anxious to come on. That's going to be a fascinating episode with Randall and Greg. You want to continue answering that question, Stan? Which was, how do we know that it's legit? You and I, we have, we have a worldview 
that includes alien visitation as a reality of existence. Other people don't, and they need more than just our word for it. So what do you say to them? I say that there is more than our word. It's the biggest study done for the Air Force. Uh, The Air Force absolutely lied when they put out a press release about the study. They said, on the basis of this study, we believe that no objects such as those properly described as flying saucers have overflown the United States. Even the unknown 3% could have been uh, explained as conventional phenomena or illusions. Well, um, I had that. I, I had the report. I found it at the University of California Library, Project Blue Book Special Report 14. The unknown 3%? Hell no. The unknowns are 21.5%, completely separate from the reports which were listed as insufficient if information. Furthermore, they did a statistical cross-comparison, the properties of the unknowns versus the properties of the knowns. And they found the probability that the unknowns, the only ones we're interested in, were just misknowns, was less than 1%. The two groups did not match. But that's not what the public was told. They were lied to, flat out lied. That's one of the things I do. But I look at the testimony of Dr. James E. McDonald, a professor of physics at uh, the University of Arizona. He talked to 500 witnesses. In many cases, uh, multiple witness military people, the uh, RB-47 case, a reconnaissance bomber from RB-47, and uh, a five-man crew, and this object went around them. They picked it up on their radar. They told the ground. They picked it up on their radar. This was in the Gulf of Mexico. And no question, that's behavior. It just didn't match any kind of flying vehicle. That was This was in the late uh, 50s, I guess. You're stuck. Here's the reality of what the whole crew saw, what their instruments picked up, etc. You get enough cases like that, and you shake your head and say, yeah, there are cases that can be explained. But that would be like saying that, uh, look, 99.9% of the people are not seven feet tall. Therefore, anybody who says he knows anybody who's seven feet tall is lying. Well, you go out to the NBA, uh, and often you'll find two seven-footers on court. Yes, it's true. Most people aren't seven feet tall, but that's the wrong question. The question is, are any? And the answer is yes. So, yes, most sightings can be explained. Big deal. Most people can't lift 500 pounds, but there are a few people who manage to do that or run a four-minute mile or things like that. The exceptional is what we pay attention to. That's the way it is. So, in, in the rest of our life, we accept eyewitness testimony in courts. Don't the police want an eyewitness to party A shooting party B? Or does party A have to die and you take some of his DNA and you find it on the gun? I mean, something crazy like that. No, if the testimony is looked into, we have polygram examinations and other things, but uh, we have means of verifying truth. So we have a standard approach in our society to dealing with unexplainables, things that we at first off say, I don't know what happened here, crime being one of them, obviously. And so we have to proceed with good sense. Science is based on evidence, not research by proclamation, research by investigation. And in every country, we have cases that can simply be explained as intelligently controlled extraterrestrial spacecraft. We don't know where from, why from, why they don't talk to me. We don't need to know those things. It's not a part of what's real. 
Of course, then, you know, they would say, well, you know, that sort of anecdotal evidence and uh, but it's trace more evidence, than anecdotal. it's just I, I not enough, you know, that they would. Well, they the would, people who say that haven't looked at it. That, that's that's the problem. Look, I've been in debates. Uh, Dr. Seth Shostak. Oh, I like Seth. He's, he's one of the SETI people. SETI stands for Silly Effort to Investigate, you know. Oh, come on, uh, Stan. He coming. He's... <laughs> SETI's not that out of a program. I mean, well, it's, sure it is. It's, at they, least it's scientific, you know. Well, there's... it claims to be scientific, but why don't they look at the UFO evidence? They're interested in extraterrestrial intelligence, but they don't want to look at the evidence of aliens coming here? Y yes. Oh, no, they're out there. They ain't coming here, man. If they were here, we would know about it. They'd want to talk to us. I mean, that's the attitude. Yeah, we've got a picture actually right on the site with a UFO hovering outside the control room. Of, of I think it's a green bank. And, you know, no, the signal is too close. It can't be alien. You know, so, <laughs> I mean. You know, I won the debate with uh, Shostak, incidentally. 47-33-10. And I won the debate with Dr. Uh, no, he's head of the Skeptic Society. I suddenly lost his name. Well, I know I'm Sagan was in there for a while. Well, Carl and I were classmates for three years at the University of Chicago. We were in the same physics classes. We grew that's, up in adjacent towns in New Jersey. That's really interesting because I was doing some investigating in his earlier years, and he seemed to be very interested in UFOs and even wrote to his uh, dean saying that they should be there should be a serious investigation. And then he seemed to get really... Uh, cut off by the whole politics of the thing. Can you comment on any of that? Well, yeah. Uh, he knew who he was, and he was looking for something else, I guess you could say. Uh, twice in two different books, he said, there are interesting sightings that aren't reliable. There are reliable sightings that aren't interesting, but there are no interesting and reliable sightings. But if you look at the large-scale studies, to which, of course, he makes no reference, it's just the reverse. The more reliable the sighting, the more likely to be unexplainable. Uh, but Carl went along with the crowd, so to speak. Uh, I spoke at Cornell. He came to my lecture, and we'd agreed before, and I was, he didn't want to get into it because he had other things to do and so forth. It was a friendly exchange. Uh, Seth Shostak and I were, were friendly, but he, in the course of our, we had a free trip on the Queen Elizabeth II from London to New York, and we each attended the other three lectures, and, uh, and of course, one of mine, I asked how many people, I talked about five large-scale scientific studies, and after each one, I asked how many have read this, and he hadn't read any of them. If you haven't looked at the evidence, are you entitled to an opinion, especially if you're going to call it a scientific opinion? So I have no problem with shaming people who claim to be expert. Then, well, no, I haven't looked at any of those large-scale studies. I mean, a guy came to me, or the first questionnaire didn't come up to me, uh, and it was a professional group. Uh, like a professional engineering group organization. And, well, I'm sure one could come to other conclusions than the ones you've come to. I said, well, as I recall, you hadn't looked at any of those five large-scale studies. Is that correct? Yes, that, that's true. I said, well, that's the difference between us, isn't it? I gave you my conclusions. I gave you the sources of data in which I base my conclusions. I've read them all. You've read none of them. Whose opinion's worth more? And we'll have that answer, although it's pretty obvious. In our next segment was Stanton T. Friedman, J. Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg, Chris O'Brien's off this week. You're in the Paracast.
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Hello, my name is Marjorie Wildcraft. I'm the founder of The Grow Network, which is an online community of people who produce their own food and medicine. We are really into backyard self-reliance. If you want this lifestyle, I suggest your first step be to learn some basic home medicine. Just the other day, my 18-year-old son came to me and said, Mama, I got a sore throat. Can you fix me up? And I said, Sure, Ryan. And in about 24 hours, he was better. The best home medicine for you to start out with is garlic. It's an amazing natural antibiotic, and I can show you how to use garlic to handle ear infections, sore throats, colds, and flus. As a way for you to get to know a little bit more about me and the Grow Network, I've written up an easy introduction on how to use garlic. It's at gcnwellness.com. Now, the station manager told me that I needed to say the URL at least twice, even though it feels kind of weird. But if you're interested in backyard self-reliance, you are one of us. Go to www.gcnwellness.com and let's connect up. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with reputationdefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit reputationdefender.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Randall, any more questions we should look at? Uh, well, I believe we had one more that just popped into the uh, to the forum, and uh, asking. This is Jimmy, and he's been one of our longtime forum participants. Doesn't say much, but uh, he asks, whose work in ufology do you most admire and why? And we've already talked about Greenwald, who's excellent. Any others that uh, pop to mind? Well, certainly Jim McDonald was one of my heroes, Dr. James E. McDonald at the University of Arizona. And he stood up in, in public. His testimony to Congress was important and so forth. He was troubled. He unfortunately committed suicide. So, And I'm not reading any uh, nefarious notions into that. I'm like uh, Kathleen Martin has been very active in research, and I've just read an advanced chapter of uh, a book she's working on. It's outstanding with data. Uh, and that so would be with experiencers, right, Stan? Yes. Yes. And uh, it, it's incredible how much good stuff. Oh, uh, I'm trying to think the Canadian and... Uh, Rutkowski? With, well, Chris Rutkowski, another good man. He's written a couple of books. Uh, uh, there's another one. Uh, Dolan? No, Richard. he's American. Richard's okay. Uh, he's enthusiastic. He suffers from a problem of not really being familiar with how security works. And many of the people who've never had a clearance have had that same difficulty. Uh, Dr. Don Dondery, a professor of psychology, is retired now from McGill University in Canada. He's involved in this free movement and has done some very interesting work, very good work. Uh, somebody I recommend... So there are good people out there. Now, I have to tell you, Chris Rutkowski is one of my favorite. He also does great impressions because he does, I think, works for some group that does reenactments of radio oh. shows and such. And he does a great impression of Ming the Merciless, not from the original movie from the 30s <laughs> with Charles Middleton, but the more recent one. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I've known Chris for a long time. He's very much into pop culture. You have to catch him in the right frame of mind. And he's just so much oh, fun. Okay. okay. I'll ask him the next time I see him. <laughs> yeah, say, show me what Ming the Merciless sounds like. And I'll show you. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah, people have hidden talents. Let me ask you a question, Stan, which is more of a personal question. What do you think our listeners would like to know about you personally that they do not know now? 
Because you're always talking well, about the UFOs and such. No, I wasn't always. I didn't get my first lecture until I was, what, uh, 24. Uh, no, uh, 34 to 67, 33. Um, I worked my way through college as first a busboy in the Catskills and then three years as a union waiter at a restaurant in Chicago. Do we even have union waiters food. anymore? That's an interesting thing you brought up. Are there such things as union waiters? Well, hotel, restaurant, and bartenders uh, association in Chicago was big for waiters and bartenders and stuff like that. Now, that was a long time ago, man. I'm not saying it's still like that, but uh, I mentioned union because they had standards and they assured you got, I think I earned four fifty a meal plus tips, of course. <laughs> You were paid uh, by the meal, I, not by the hour? Uh, no, you, you worked uh, uh, a meal, yes, when I was uh, there. And This uh, must be like 1830 or something, right? Uh, no, uh, 1953 to 55 to, let's see, 56 when I was at the University of Chicago, 53 to 56. Uh Walking distance from the university I live. I mean, I worked. And uh, that, that was something people didn't know. My first, <laughs> the rewards of hard work. I was valedictorian in my high school class, but I was young. I'd skipped a grade when I was between third and fourth grade. And so my first job, and New, I lived in New Jersey, and they had very strict rules about the working papers and ages and all that because it's a heavy industry industry state and the only job I could get was as uh, working at a wholesale candy house the stores would order a box of this kind of candy bar and a box of that kind of candy bar and so forth I was getting paid 65 cents an hour valedictorian <laughs> you know I did a calculation and this dates back to the 60s when I worked with Jim Mosley at Saucer News he paid me $5 an hour in the mid 60s now, if wow. this country's minimum wage had kept up with the cost of living all those years, it'd be $19 an hour now. <laughs> well, like I said, 65 cents an hour. And uh, look, I worked my way through college. I had scholarships, but uh, you got to eat and sleep and all that sort of thing. And... Uh, so that's something not everybody knows about me, I guess. I don't advertise it particularly, but uh, I worked in the Catskills one summer as a busboy. That was fun. Did you get to see any famous artists performing there? Yeah. I think Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis were up there when I at another hotel. We'd go over to other hotels. They wanted I had to take dancing lessons because they wanted the busboys to dance with the visiting girls. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Stanton T. Friedman taking dancing lessons. Are there any photographs of this? Uh, good question. I don't think so. Uh, I had to learn how to rumba and samba and even the little tango. Uh, well, the families would come up on the weekend and my and Pop would drive home and leave the wife and daughter there, so the daughter's out to dance with somebody uh, every night there was entertainment and a band playing and all that sort of stuff. 
So I had to learn how to dance. Come on, Stan, you got to learn. So the dance instructor gave us free lessons. How did you meet your wife? <laughs> well, uh, second life. Uh, long, complicated story. A good friend of hers was my aunt. And my aunt knew that uh, uh, I was at the University of Chicago. And I was looking for a place to live. And her friend was. And so we wound up sharing an apartment uh, she had a couple of kids and so forth so that was that was my first wife how we met and we had adopted a child uh and we had met the natural mother of the child and 10 years later she made contact as she seen heard me on a canadian television show and uh we were my first wife and i were separated and we wound up getting married. We've been married for 42 years. Seems like only yesterday. What does she do? She was, for had been a stewardess. That has some. She she had been a stewardess, and then a school teacher. She didn't work while we were married. 42 years, a long time. Different she world be home now. Any minute now. I've been married for yeah. 40 years. Wow. And it seems like only yesterday. We're losing you, Gene. Excuse me? Well, I won't talk about my background because I keep that secret. People know enough about me already. And I don't okay. want them to know anymore because it gets to be more complicated. I have a great grandson, I'll say that. <laughs> All right. All right. You never know. Okay, well, let's go on here with one final segment with Stanton T. Friedman. With Gene and Randall, again, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Face it, today's electric power grid is more vulnerable than ever. From natural disasters to EMP attacks and hacking, the grid could be crippled for days or even decades in the most dire scenarios. Visit quantumharvest.net to see our built-to-last EMP-protected solar power systems. While millions suffer, you'll have vital power for water pumps, refrigeration, and sanitation. Now that's peace of mind. EMP-protected solar power systems for every need and budget. See our full range at quantumharvest.net.
anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I always tell the old story here that I used to know a sci-fi writer and UFO investigator named Otto Bender. Remember him? Oh, yeah. That goes back a ways. Well, he died, what, in the 70s or something like that? He was a comic book continuity writer. So he wrote the original Captain Marvel. He was the creator of Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, of course, a friend of Ray Palmer. Mm -hmm. How about Jim Mosley? I knew Jim Mosley from the time I was, like, 15 until the day he died, pretty much. It was interesting here that when we first created the Paracast back in 2006, first two guests were Brad Steiger and Jim Mosley. And the name the Paracast was basically created for us by Brad. We had a different name. We were going to call it Paracast World, and he said, you know, no, make it Paracast. And thus we did. And you're still going. 
Okay. We've got one more question here we should get through okay. because then we can uh, say we I think that we've pretty much at least got everybody on the forum attended to in some sh way, shape, or form. And Creepy Green Light asks, what cases or events did you once believe as being authentic and credible, but maybe now suspect or know are bogus or a hoax? Interesting question. Haven't been asked that one before. I can't think of anyone because usually I take a, a middle road. I, I won't re give an answer until I am satisfied myself that I've looked at all aspects. So, you know, what can I say? I, I haven't come out in favor of something where I've had to say, nope, I was wrong. How about the uh, Falcon Lake case? You, are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I can't remember his name. Um, Chris Rutkowski was heavily involved with right. medical records and so forth. A good case, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they that one was is a really interesting case. And, and then someone uh, did some checking and found that there was a, some sort of a Russian reentry that had taken place at on the same evening. So that's thrown that whole case into question. And yet, I'm I'm not sure how you would get a, a bunch of reentry debris hovering over a large lake. It's been reported by very some hard of the witnesses. <laughs> yeah, reentries don't stay in one place very long as they're coming in. That's the whole point. They're going a hell of a fast pace. Although I imagine maybe you know maybe some sort of parallax effect or something if you're traveling in the right direction relative to to some trees or something, you know it might appear to be stationary for a short period of time. How short is short? Yeah, <laughs> I don't second. know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that pretty much does it for our forum questions. So is, is there okay. anything you'd like to to say to the audience just on your own accord? Like, Well, I, I can say you might enjoy my books. There's six of them out there and plus other sources. And they give references. My Top Secret Magic lists of a dozen PhD theses done about UFOs. You won't find those anyplace else. And, and large sources of data and so forth. And I, I stress this because if one, one is going to do a study, one should be familiar with the published literature. And I try to make it easy for people. Okay, so let's uh, go back to, to that. Now, you were talking five major studies. So we, I'm sure one of them probably would have been the Battelle Memorial Institute study. That's right. That Blue Book Special Report 14. That's I'm I make that available because you can't copyright that, so I can sell it. What are the others then? Just well, to remind the, the audience, the congressional hearings of 1968, with testimony from uh, a dozen scientists, including me. As I say, I was the only one without a PhD. Dr. J. Allen Hynek's book, UFO Experience. Yeah, right, that's the whole close science. encounters, first, second, third kind. Yeah, scientific inquiry uh, and H Y N E K, uh, and he was chairman of the astronomy department at Northwestern University, and also the government consultant on you on to Project Blue Book for nineteen years, something like that. A third one was even the Condon report, University of Colorado study, because when a special UFO subcommittee, the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, looked at the Conan report, they concluded that 30% of the 117 cases studied in detail could not be explained. Uh, Richard Hall, 
the UFO evidence NICAP study had uh, uh, thousands of sightings that have been collected by the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. But you know something, I'll say something about that. I was around and I visited NICAP a couple of times when Hall was compiling that book. And I volunteered one time for several hours and I wrote summaries of UFO sightings and it appeared as if they went into the book without any real verification. It was just based on my summary. So I may have actually contributed a paragraph to that book, Hmm. for better or worse. Well, it is a place to find a lot of cases which they couldn't identify, uh, the kind that you know most people don't uh, know exist. It's like Special Report 14. Uh, people make do their research for a proclamation, but the facts are in there about these uh, the six categories of cases and the quality evaluations and all that sort of thing. And uh, uh, you know the data's there, uh, like it or not. Of course, these are all. This is all statistical, based on sighting reports, and so, you know, when will we ever well, Phillips, get the craft? I, like, look at Ted Phillips. Uh, he had hundreds of physical trace cases from eighty countries, and my goodness, uh, you find the same kind of physical traces. This isn't a light in the sky now. This is something on the ground. And uh, I've had analysis done in the soil from the the, the burn circle and the burn and the nearby soil. Definite differences in the composition of the soil. Uh, something had happened to that soil. Ted's work was very. I wish he'd written a book. Damn it, he's still alive, as far as I know. Uh, How about the uh, Washington Fifty Two case? That's that turned into one of my favorites. It, at first, it seemed like they'd explained it all away as, uh, you know, camera artifacts and so on. But it seemed like the more you dug into that one, there's there's a lot more there. Well, just that, uh, again, my website is www.stantonfriedman.com. And I autograph uh, all my books. And when there are two authors like Kathleen Martin and myself, they're both autographed with a book plate. And you can get fact fiction and flying saucers. You can get Crash at Corona, the Roswell story, basically. You can get Science Was Wrong in 14 chapters. We each did seven, each stimulated by some smart scientist saying something stupid, like man will never fly in anything but a balloon two months before the Wright Brothers' first flight. Or Space Travel is Utter Bilge the year before Sputnik went up, things like that. Uh, so there. There are places to get data, and that's what everything should be about, data. And so uh, I I welcome anybody to go look at the information. And if you go to my books, you get the bibliographies at the back, which uh, tell you where to find even more information. Well, that is all the information we have time for. Okay, you can find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Look for Par of official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook, the group, the community. I don't know about Facebook, though. We have to possibly reconsider that with all the crazy things that are going on. But at least they (laughs) won't capture my texts or 
the log of my phone calls because I use an iPhone, not an Android phone, if that helps. We have a special version of this show that we offer to members of the Paracast Plus. We give you a version free of the network ads, better quality audio. We also give you the After the Paracast podcast, which will feature Randall and Greg Bishop this week, all for a low price. Just go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com for more information. Thank you, Randall, for being a great co-host as usual. Stanton Friedman, thank you for joining us on The Paracast. Thanks for having me on. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.